but it still had a future before it. Now, I'm going to tell you about an old piece of wood and why you might identify with that old piece of wood. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, welcome into this early year edition of 48 Days Radio, where each week we take 48 minutes to dive into some real-life questions. Well, we got some doozies today. Questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day. Excited to be able to do something that's meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Hey, that's what we're going to talk about here on the 48 Days Radio Show today. Well, our business partners today are FreshBooks and Casper Mattress. Going to be telling you a little bit more about how to take advantage of special offers from both of those here in a minute. Those are going to be our business partners for the entire year this year. Speaking of this entire year, I have been told by Joanne, my wife, and a whole lot of other people that last week I welcomed you to 2015. Now, I have no idea where that came from. No, it was not an old replay. I was alive, and I have no idea where that came from, just I can't explain it except a brain glitch welcoming you to 2015 when in fact it is 2018. Well, welcome to 2018. We just took care of three years there in one fell swoop. Here's some of the questions we're going to be talking about. Dan, how can I move from being a teacher to a paid speaker? I've got some resources all lined out for you. No problem. You can do it. Dan, can I package my presentation on forgiveness as a course? Yes, you can. I've got resources that'll help you do that. How about this one, Dan? I need a music-related idea to make money while my band is growing its success. Ooh, I like that. A music-related idea to make money. I'm going to tell you about a really cool thing that I just heard about in the last couple of days. How about this? Dan, how can I communicate that I'm a forward thinker when I've been working in the dry cleaning business? So how do you take work experience in a very staid, conservative, perhaps boring industry and present yourself as a candidate for something else? Well, you can do that. And then this, how can you get a reluctant spouse to support efforts in a side business or calling if they have a different vision of security and work than you do? How many times have we heard a vision, a version of that here on 40 Days Radio? It comes up again and again and again. You know, I tell you to stay away from negative people. We talk about you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with, all those things. And then somebody inevitably asks, what if that negative person is my spouse? Well, I don't recommend you just walk out the door. Obviously, there are ways to address that. We'll talk about some. Here's a quotation. Now, I got a note from Tom who said, thanks, Dan. I really needed to hear this this morning. And it was, it pulled an old quotation of mine. So we're just going to use it for today's theme. And that is focus on what you're moving to, not what you're moving from. I've told people that thousands of times over the years. But here's the deal. When I hear people who are frustrated, they're discouraged, they're angry, guilty, resentful, all those negative emotions, you know what? They're focusing on 
what they're moving from. They're focusing on the past every single time. When you get clear about what you're moving to, those negative emotions start to diminish immediately. I've never talked to somebody who had a real clear vision of the upcoming year, real clear goal set. They've, you know, gone through Michael Hyatt's program on best year ever, perhaps, and they're all clearly laid out for the, I've never heard a person that's clearly focused for what they're going to do for the coming year. Who's discouraged or depressed. They just don't go together. Those negative emotions are focused on something that's already happened in the past. Draw a line in the sand, get excited about what you're moving to. Well, business partner today is FreshBooks. Already talked to you about that a little bit. This being the first of the year, what a great time to make sure you're in shape, that you are staying on track with keeping your accounting figures in shape the way they ought to be. So get FreshBooks. It will help you stay on track. It's just a simple accounting program. Whether you're self-employed or you're working as an employee, doesn't matter. You need to keep track of those things that are deductible expenses. And if you need to send an invoice to somebody, FreshBook allows you to do that. I mean, as creative people, you know, we're in the business of turning our ideas into value for our customers. So we need to be cultivating those fresh ideas. And fresh books can help you with that. They make the accounting software for creative professionals straightforward, easy to use. You'll save hours every week, have more time to let your creativity flourish. So just go to freshbooks.com. That's fresh books, plural, freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. That'll give you a free month to just try it, play with it. Send in moises, do the kind of things you want to. You don't even need to put in a credit card. I know you're going to want to stay involved, though, after that. Now, Casper Mattress. Why do I promote Casper? It's because, here, I'll tell you real quickly. We're told that we spend one-third of our lives sleeping. Guess where I spend that third of my life? On our Casper Mattress. You better believe it. We've got guests coming in. My son, Kevin, is coming into town this week. Guess where he'll be sleeping? On our guest, Casper Mattress, as all our guests do. Absolutely. You know, the, the Casper Mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right amounts of both sink and bounce. You know, there's over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars Across Casper, Amazon, and Google, Casper is becoming quickly the internet's favorite mattress. Now, here's what I want you to do. You know that this is something I use personally. That's why I bring you quality resources like this. But to get $50 toward select mattresses, go to casper.com slash sleep you love, and then use sleep you love at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Just go to, again, casper.com slash sleepyoulove. That's our unique connection point. You'll see a welcome from me there. Casper.com slash sleepyoulove. And then use sleepyoulove as the code when you go to order your mattress. It'll come to you. You don't even need free shipping and all those cool things. Now, this is, uh, again, a thinking point. 
might be a new feature that I want to have just kind of a thoughtful, pensive, something for us to think about. And I mentioned in the opening, I was going to tell you about an old piece of wood. This is the deal. A few days ago, a delivery truck pulled up here to the sanctuary, dropped off a carefully packaged and wrapped wooden bench. Now, it's a simple bench, about five feet long, no back on it, obviously handmade, but the simplicity is elegant, and it has a carefully engraved eagle outlined in red carved right onto the primary plank. Now, the bench comes from a 60-year-old reader, 48 Days to the Work You Love. His name is Joe. I've never met him. Equally valuable to me as the bench is the included six-page handwritten letter that he taped to one leg. And it kind of described his sense of feeling stuff stuck, but also now the renewed hope that he has. So Joe says in the letter, the seat of your new old bench is a piece of red oak. I've had my shop for who knows how long, but it kept finding its way to the front of my cluttered mind. As he remembers, it was a piece he found at a scrapyard years ago. It was split rough cut, knotty, full of holes and unappreciated. As I pondered, planned and crafted this bench, I began to feel a certain kinship with this piece of wood. By its appearance, it had also had some hard knocks along the way, but it still had a future before it. He continued, he says, like the wood, I've endured many and engaged in many experiences. Some of those experiences have been more rewarding, others painful. I suppose, like the wood, I bear the marks of my life. I brought great joy and happiness. I've caused great pain. Still, like the wood, I have more to do and offer. The wood needed me to help it find its new and hopefully greater purpose. Now, I love that. I mean, I love the thoughtfulness of the gift. I called Joe, talked to him for an hour. He's a truck driver on duty 14 hours a day, five to six days a week. I mean, he describes, you know, his life is being kind of stuck right now. And yet he has a host of talents that he brings to the table. Things that he's done, some really amazing things. He's had his own landscaping business, been an airplane and boat mechanic, an NCO in the Air Force. He's a talented pond and waterfall designer, has a couple useful inventions that he's bringing to the table. So he knows there's a better future. And he was encouraged by reading 48 Days to the Work You Love. I love those kind of stories. But maybe you're feeling like an old piece of wood right now. But I, I love that metaphor. And I have now in here in the sanctuary, this beautiful, beautiful bench that was created from an old, discarded, appearingly useless piece of wood. Joe brought it back to life, gave it a new future and a new hope. Well, that sounds like a scripture we're all familiar with, but if you need that, be confident there's a new future and a hope for you as well. Now, some good news tips here before we go into the questions for today. There's a school in Texas, the Earl Dade Middle School in Dallas. Now, they, they this is not in the best part of town, and they have a lot of kids, especially young guys who, who really don't have father figures. So they wanted to have a breakfast with dads. This was just last month they were doing this. And so in December, this school in Dallas, Texas. So they placed an ad for male mentors. They just wondered if they could get, they were hoping they could get 50 men to show up. They, they show, I mean, I, I saw a shot of the, the gymnasium they had set up 50 chairs. They were hoping to get 50 men that they could get to show up to just spend a morning with these young men who are in middle school. 
students who don't have dads so they could get mentoring from guys who are healthy and be willing to, to, to help them out. Well, it got promoted in some very unique ways. I got a lot of publicity. And on the day of the event, they had not 50 guys show up, not 48. That would have been great. They would have been pleased with that. They had over 600 men from all backgrounds, religions, races show up for the breakfast. Over 600. These volunteer dads spent the morning doing everything from giving life advice to the students to teaching them you know, how to tie a double Windsor necktie. Obviously, Christina, the organizer, said this morning exceeded all my expectations. Thank you to every single man that volunteered your time and gave a piece of yourself to these young men this morning. I'm forever grateful. I love that story. Guys who are willing to come out and just serve as as good, healthy, wholesome role models for other young guys who may not have a dad in the home. Golly, we can replicate that a thousand times over across the country and a thousand times during the course of a year. Look for opportunities to do just that. Now, here's a story. It comes out of Greenlee, Colorado. It says a woman meets a homeless family of five living in a broken bus. So she comes back with a house. Olivia, Eric, her mom and dad, and their three daughters, the little daughters, they, they have a four-week-old, a 14-month-old, and a five-year-old. They were traveling across the country in a partially converted school bus. It broke down in Greeley, Colorado. They had absolutely no income, no money to go on, no money to fix the bus. They were living in this. It was just sitting in the back of a gas station in Greeley, Colorado. Meanwhile, Virginia Finch and her daughters were preparing some Christmas meals for the homeless. And they heard about this family that was broken down in a, just by a nearby gas station. So they went to deliver the food to them. Now this is a story like we've told many times over. So they visited this young couple with three little girls. And then here comes Virginia and her little girls. They delivered food and heard their heartbreaking story. They weren't begging. They weren't being negative, but they were just saying, you know, they're just in a tough spot. Well, here we are in Colorado in December. It's not exactly warm and balmy weather. And Virginia Finch and her family couldn't bear to think of these little babies suffering in the cold. She said, there's no way I'm going to leave a baby with no crib for a bed on Christmas. Wow. So Virginia thought about the second house they had that they were preparing to sell or rent. So she returned to Olivia with a proposition and said, look, why don't you guys just move into our house? You know, you can stay here for a couple months. This is not a forever kind of thing, but until you, you get back on your feet, but you can live here, no rent, no utilities. It's a house we have. We were just going to put it on the market. Not a big deal. And they did that. Now there's a really sweet video of the mom who was the beneficiary of this on the internet. You can check it out if you want to. Great story. Again, think about a resource that you have that instead of just selling it, you could perhaps allow somebody to use it in that way. Maybe a car, maybe a house, maybe an apartment, maybe a vacation spot somewhere. Golly, Joanna and I are blessed. We were talking the other day about people that we know all over the country that have places that they'd be. We were talking about people being homeless. And actually the way the conversation went is that we, we were having a conversation dinner with a delightful couple uh, from Utah 
And they were saying that, that we would never be homeless. I mean, how could Joanna and me ever be homeless? I mean, it just wouldn't happen. We have people who love us and care for us because we've nurtured relationships, you know, all over the country. What a great position we, we would be in. I mean, there are 10 houses we could go to today if we needed a place to stay. Now, that's a kind of a chicken and the egg kind of thing, because if you're, um, you, you want to be in a position where you can provide a gift like that to people. You know, we have here in our property, this sanctuary, and there are people here almost constantly. I had somebody recently ask about renting it. And I said, no, we don't want to tie it up because there are people who have needs, people who are just passing through or friends, you know, just, but there are people staying here almost all the time, just on a constant basis. We have a schedule. So we hopefully don't over, overbook people uh, staying here, but it's wonderful to be in a position to do that. But on the, on the other hand, if Joanne and I were ever in need, there's certainly people who would reach out and provide a place for us as well. Well, let me go into some questions here. This comes from Jake, who says, Dan, big fan of your show. Tune in every Friday. I'm reaching out because I feel that I'm very close to needing to make a transition away from my job as a high school agriculture teacher to devote my time toward my speaking business. Stop and decide. When I was 17, I ran a stop sign and caused a fatal accident. I was going into my senior year of high school when this happened. And before I graduated, I knew that I wanted to start a speaking business. However, with the event being so fresh and an unclear path to the future, I took a year off work for the FFA as a state officer in Indiana. After that, I realized how much I loved the FFA, decided to pursue a career as an agriculture teacher. I attended Purdue University, completed my program in three and a half years. I'm now 25 and I feel compelled to share my story with young people across the nation to help prevent them from making a similar mistake. My business is called Stop and Decide. It can be found at stopanddecide.com. So, so far, I've been able to use my FFA background to help get Stop and Decide going with leadership workshops, covering making good decisions with other FFA chapters across Indiana. The more I do these presentations, the more I realize how passionate I am about making this business work. I'm married. We just had our first child. My wife and I have around $50,000 of combined college debt, along with some credit card debt we're working tirelessly to pay off. I'm trying to decide how to get this business off the ground so I won't have to return to teaching this August. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this business plan and if you have any advice for an aspiring youth speaker. Well, sure, Jake, I do. We got some great resources in the 48 Days community for you that I can tell you about. Now, you know, you're also young, you know, 25. I mean, you don't need to just make this happen instantly. You may decide that you want to continue teaching. And so you book yourself three or four times a month to get your speaking business up off the ground. I mean, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, don't just put yourself in a position of desperation where you have to get a speaking gig in order to pay the rent next month. I mean, don't do that. But here's some resources. I'm going to give you some resources for how to make this work. We've got people in our community who can absolutely take you by the hand and walk you up through this. Josh Ship is a young speaker. That's S-H-I-P-P. So if you go to joshship.com, you'll see who I'm talking about. He has a youth speaker university where he walks people right through, showing you how to make an impact and in income speaking. He's done it. He's a young guy himself, really sharp guy. I love Josh, but uh, he can show you how to do that. That's not all. Kent Julian, you hear me talk about Kent all the time. Kent's been a longtime friend. Go to liveitforward.com. 
LiveItForward.com, LiveItForward.com, Kent teaches speakers. Kent was a youth pastor, came out of that environment, and he has absolutely rocked it in this world as a full-time speaker. Gets paid extremely well. He, as a matter of fact, the, he and Kathy, his wife, the, he just put a blog up on our mastermind um, Facebook group. He's in my mastermind talking about the investments that they're doing in purchasing houses because of the income that they have now. Now, that wasn't true when he was a youth pastor, believe me. But as a professional speaker, yeah, they're buying houses. They're investing in real estate. And they talked about how they're doing that. So go to liveitforward.com. You can also go to grantbaldwin.com. Grant Baldwin just as it sounds. Go there. He's got information on how to help you position yourself as a paid speaker. And Grant has done that extremely well. As Again, Ken Davis, longtime friend, lives right here in Franklin, Tennessee. He's made an extremely good living for years and years. Now, he's a Christian comedian, which is a very specific kind of speaking. But if you go to dynamiccommunicators.com slash podcast, you'll see information there. And he's got a training series, DVD and workbook set. It's 179 bucks. You can get that. So those are several resources that you can use and you can learn from these people who are a little farther down the path. I mean, that's what the way I've always done it. Invest in programs, invest in coaching, invest in products to help me learn quickly. I don't have the patience to just learn long term. Get involved with these people who are already doing it. That's a way to get up up your game really quickly. This comes from Patty. Kind of a related question. Says, Happy New Year. I'm looking forward to being a new member of the 40 Days Eagles group. Cool. I was asked to teach a course on forgiveness at my church. I was also asked to speak at a women's conference. Attached as a recording to my session. A lot of people were inspired and I saw people's lives changed when they did the principles I shared. My question to you is, do you think I can package this together as an online course? If so, how would I start? Do I need to copyright the course? I have no idea where to start, but look forward to your feedback. Again, Patty, there are some people that can help you dramatically and walk you right through this process. Now, to start with, you don't really need to worry about copywriting your course. If you are the speaker, you created the content, you know, it's copyrighted just by virtue of doing that. That's not a complicated additional step that you need to do. I'm going to direct you to Brian Dixon. Brian Dixon is part of our team. Uh, he's, he's helping Ashley, my daughter. Uh, they are just creating a course. She's a full-time traveler. They live on the road. You know, they're full-time RVers, I don't know what they call in, location independent is what they call that. But uh, they're doing a fun course that Ashley has done on the first 90 days of traveling on the road like that. But go to amplifypublishers.com. That's Brian's site, Amplify, A-M-P-L-I-F-Y, publishers.com. And you'll see information about how to turn your content into a course. And Brian's a pro at doing that. Now, there are places that you can go directly if you want to just create your own course, get it up. And I wouldn't advise doing that. I've always worked with somebody to help me pull information together so that it's a reasonable presentation as a course. But there are then online formats out there like Teachable, Thinkific, LearnDash, 
certainly others where you can go to those and pretty easily create your own course if you really think that you're up to speed for doing that. And then there are places like Udemy, Creative Live, Linda, where again, you can post your courses where they get massive exposure and uh, they take a, a share of the, the revenue generated, but it's certainly a reasonable way to get in the game. Now, the, the, the speaking and creating courses, I mean, I covered those because those are two questions that we got in here just this week. And that's a whole lot of information there in a very short period of time. But if you use the resources, and I'll put those resources in the podcast notes for today. So if, you, if you're listening to this, if you just go to 48days.com, click on the podcast on this particular episode. This is episode, golly, what number are we on here? And we go back up here, I'll tell you what number we're on here. This is episode number 594. Tells you I've been doing this a very long time. If I do this once a week, 52 weeks in a year, you know right there I've been doing this over 10 years. Well, that's exactly right. So speaking, creating courses, absolutely you can do that. All right, this comes from Stan who says, Dan, I've recently rededicated my life. You know, it sounds like a spiritual introduction, He's, but no, I've rededicated my life to music again after a brief career as a graphic designer. I'm currently developing a band that will start performing later this year. However, I'm in a very unstable and unhealthy job right now, and I'm looking to start a business to start earning some side income now and support me in the future while the band is growing. I'm at a loss for business ideas. Do you have any suggestions that would be music related? I also have a background making children's books, which I love, just not seeing connections is a follow-up question. Stan says, is it a good idea to try growing a brand band and also growing a side business? Yes, it is for a couple reasons. Now, again, I've got great resources here. I love being able just to pass on things here. I would encourage you to have a side business while you're growing your band. Now we can make a case for burning the bridges. I mean, we hear that, you know, where something has to work, but in these creative areas, if it's writing, singing, doing music, art, I'm not a big proponent of just burning the bridges. A creative person in a position of desperation is not a fun person to be around. It comes through too transparently. You know, if they don't have food to eat and they're trying to sell you a piece of art, it's going to come across as something less than authentic. It's going to come across in a way that doesn't really serve you, the potential customer, well. Now, there's a lot of information about this, but one of the things that I draw from is Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Subtitle is Creative Living Beyond Fear. Now, Elizabeth Gilbert, her first book was Eat and Love, Pray, and went on to be you know, tremendously successful and, of course, generated a whole lot of money for her. She didn't just quit her job because she wrote a book. She continued to write several more books and continued to work a day job. Here's what she says. This is on page 152 in Big Magic. I held onto those other sources of income for so long because I never wanted to burden my writing with the responsibility of paying for my life. I knew better than to ask this of my writing because over the years, I've watched so many other people murder their creativity by demanding that their art pay the bills. 
I've seen artists drive themselves broken crazy because of this insistence that they are not legitimate creators unless they can exclusively live off their creativity. And when their creativity fails them, meaning doesn't pay their rent, they descend into resentment, anxiety, or even bankruptcy. Worst of all, they often quit creating at all. Stan, don't put yourself in that position. If you want to have a, a little band and you got some side gigs, I mean, there's a place Joanna and I go on Friday night called Miller's Grocery. And there's a, a band, the Howling Brothers, that come in there. Uh, they give them $100 for being there and tips. That's not great pay. That's not going to feed the family of the three guys, the three brothers who are in there. It's a side gig. They have other things going on during the week to keep food on the table. I would encourage you to do the same. Now, at the same time, you're in a job that's really unstable and you don't like it. Are there things you can do? Other creative things you can do in the music area to scratch that itch about music? Yeah, there's a whole lot of things that you can do. Let me tell you about one that I just heard about yesterday. I'm recording this on Wednesday. What is this? January 11th. But I heard about this yesterday at a young lady stopped by and she started telling me about the path that she and her husband had been on since they read 48 Days to the Work You Love several years ago. Her husband was an auto mechanic, worked for another guy that I know well. He was an auto mechanic, worked there, but he wanted to do things that were more ministry connected. He wanted to do things more through his church, missions, trips, and all that. He negotiated working three days a week for a period of time. But in that period of time, he is as a musician, he would use music when they would do ministry things. And he started making these drums, kind of unique drums that he had. And I'll tell you what they came from here in a minute, but he would make these drums with no intent of going any farther than that. But in taking the drums with him to performances, every time he showed up, people would want to buy the drums. Well, today he's quit his job as an auto mechanic He's full-time making these drums. Now, his site is handsonfire.com. Hands on fire, just like your 10-digit, your hands. Handsonfire.com. He uses propane tanks. And he says each drum is the renaissance of a propane tank. Now, this is just like I talked earlier about that old piece of wood that Joe crafted into a beautiful bench that I now have here at the sanctuary. You know, I love these stories about something that has just been discarded as trash. And then somebody repurposes it. So Jonathan says here with these propane tanks, just like people, something wonderful happens when we step beyond the utility of everyday life and into an atmosphere where beauty is formed from a unique and unlikely source. These drums resonate with people because you're hardwired to appreciate beauty. He says, I love working with a repurposed material because like these tanks, you have a voice that's worth unlocking and a creative fire that needs to be expressed. We all need a renaissance. It's my sincere hope that the beauty and inspiration of these drums will unlock and ignite your creativity. From my hands to yours, stoke your creative fire and find an expressive voice on one of these drums. That comes from Jonathan Rose, who is the hands on fire guy. I'm going to play you a little clip. Now, again, these are recycled propane tanks. He cuts the top off and then he cuts them in ways where each one has multiple areas where you get different kind of notes right as you are playing on the top of it. This is what it sounds like. 
So there's one surface, but then because of the cuts, there are six or eight different notes that you get. And from those, and he has some different keys. You can use mallets on them, or in this case, what I'm playing right here, he's just using his hands. Just using his hands to play that. Well, hey, there you go. I'm going to bring it down here. Love, love the music, love the sound, the unique sound. But I want to encourage you, Stan, in what you're doing to believe absolutely you can find something in music. Here's another resource for you. Now, not only with Hands on Fire there, check out Chad Jeffers. Chad Jeffers, young guy, lives here in Franklin, Tennessee as well. He's one of the lead guitarists with Carrie Underwood. Well, Carrie's not on the road right now. She fell off the stage recently. She's actually recovering from some facial injuries and some other things, but they're not out on the road. So he makes no income when they're not out on the road. So is he just going to sit there, you know, and pine away? No, he's very busy, but he's doing consulting. He does, um, he does sessions where he, people will send him a track and then he puts in the dobro and other instruments where he plays. But you can look at some of the things he's done. He's got a little book. It's like 25 notes to becoming a successful musician. But you can check out the things that Chad Jeffers is doing as well. Things that you can do as a musician while you're growing the success of your band, but without having to depend on just the income from your band as your only income. Well, let me move on here. Golly, love these questions. Joel says, oh, last year was a great year of success for me. I had the highest sales in my company, monetized a content marketing strategy from a music lesson business, successfully established a music festival, started a church, and I'm part of a very successful band, another mu music one. I just left my job. I'm looking for a new sales and marketing work in a more creative, progressive environment. My previous job was in the dry cleaning business, which is very conservative. How can I communicate that I'm a forward thinker and have the skills to work in a creative atmosphere when my previous job seems boring? I'd love to work in a marketing, advertising, or media company, but feel discouraged about communicating my value to potential employers. I'd greatly appreciate any advice. Well, not a problem at all, Joel. You gave the advice that you need in your note to me. When you, just, when you put yourself out there and on a resume, now for one thing, if you're looking for a creative position in a sales marketing agency, a resume not even be a necessary piece of the equation. You may be able to do something way more creative to get your foot in the door there by just showing up. I mean, you could show them some of the work that you've done. I mean, show them some of the blog posts that you've written, introduce them to some of the projects you've done. But you, you say that you started a content marketing strategy for your music lesson businesses you successfully established a music festival, started a church, and are part of a successful band. Those are the things that make you a candidate for a creative job in sales and marketing. Employers could care less about the fact that you've been working to get a paycheck in the dry cleaning business. I mean, in a resume, in terms of just formatting it, sure, you would want a functional resume rather than a chronological resume. So a functional resume means you start right off with your areas of competence. And it doesn't matter if those areas of competence show skills for which you were paid or that you did as a volunteer. It doesn't matter. That part isn't an issue. 
but there's skills that you can verify that you in fact have done. So put it together in that way, but be careful about just having an old stodgy resume that you're sending out for this kind of position. You hear me tell about people wanting uh, opportunities like in sales and marketing. Or I had a guy one time who took his resume and he wrapped it around literally an ear of corn. Now I just bought some corn. I had to figure out where to buy it because I've got a fancy uh, feeder for the squirrels and I'm putting corn out ear corn right now while well, I get it from tractor supply, but he got, so I get ears of corn there. Uh, it's not something you find at the grocery store or um, Home Depot, but Tractor Supply has it. But he wrapped his resume around an ear of corn and he sent it out and then did a takeoff on that whole thing. You know, oh, shucks, I'll bet you think this is corny, but hey, just give me your ear, you know, for a minute. Well, the, that opened up opportunities for him because it was so creatively presented immediately, even though he had just gotten fired from a job and rightfully so and had some questionable things in his background. Didn't matter. He was so creative and so engaging in how he presented himself that people wanted him on their team instantly. Well, let me bring this up here just to take a quick breath for a second. Just to remind you, these are real life questions that we're, you're listening to here. If you got a question, I'd be delighted to entertain it in an upcoming segment. Just shoot that question to askdan at 48days.com. And questions, whether it's a uh, about making a transition, starting a business, or it may be a success story that you want to share with the audience here. Love to hear from you. Send that to askdan at 48days.com. Now, this question comes from Merle, who says, um, I'm starting my own business of commercial roofing. I'm really excited as I've already have a job lined up for the spring. I'm considering adding a roof cleaning service to my business as well. Not sure what kind of solution I would use, so any input on that would be great. The main question I have is this, am I better off just to focus on the commercial roofing and not do the roof cleaning? Because a split focus, I will still have part-time work with current employer until I get too busy, which is my ultimate goal. Well, Merrill Gallia, I love what you're saying that you're going to do here, and I don't think that it's dividing yourself artificially to do both commercial roofing and roof cleaning. Those are both right in the same category and address the same prospects, the same target audience. No, I think those are great. I mean, when you have a diversity of things that you offer, I mean, it's like if, if I promoted that I only work with people on resumes, well, that's a very, very narrow niche. Now there are people that do that and we've got some great people we refer to for just that, but I also not only just do that, but I work with people on preparing for an interview, knowing how to negotiate salary, you know, knowing how to do a job search to find jobs that aren't advertised. I mean, those are all things that are related. So like you doing commercial roofing, no, I don't think it shows you as having an unclear focus if you do roof cleaning. There are certainly other things that you could do as well that would be related to that. Sounds good. All right. Now this is one that I wanted to get to. This comes from Ray who says, uh, this one's a big issue. Odds are you've discussed it many times, but I haven't heard it on your podcast yet. How do you get a reluctant spouse to support efforts in a side business or calling if they have a different vision of security and work than you do? I love my wife more than I can say. Now, incidentally, Ray, I have talked about this many times. It's a recurring theme, but that's okay. Uh, Ray continues in the past few months while steadily 
listening to podcasts of yours and others like John Lee Dumas, reading books, my mind is completely changed on attitudes about work, retirement, and job security. Now I feel that I must move toward my goals, interests, and passions and create our future instead of relying on the goodwill and the choices of my employer. Wow, that's a mouthful right there. I'm certainly not going to quit my job, but I feel that my wife is so much more comfortable with me earning an average income in a company, even if we are barely making it, because she feels it's so much more secure. To add to the confusion, two of my friends gave me a completely opposing advice. One friend suggested that I should discuss my thoughts and feelings with my wife in detail and then slowly lay out my dreams, goals, and get her agreement before moving into any efforts, even if there's little or no risk. The downside to this is she seems to get really nervous that I'm not going to stay in my job if I bring it up. My other friend uh, suggested that the best move was to make small efforts that wouldn't rock the boat too much to get some cash coming in before a big discussion on career change. His opinion was that once money was clearly linked to the efforts, then it's easier to win anyone over. I see merit in both opinions. Obviously, I don't wish to deceive my wife, but perhaps it would be better to not disclose the extent of my dreams until they can turn some profits and make it appear more of a hobby first, although this doesn't feel entirely good either. I wasn't sure if this fit into the compassionate honesty category or the selfish justification category. All thoughts and ideas of yours, I'm sure, would be enormously helpful. Wow, I love that dichotomy, their juxtaposition. Is this compassionate honesty or selfish justification? Okay, so here's the setup. Ray wants to do something. He's got a new vision of things he can do, wants to do some things on the side to generate income. His wife is terrified of him leaving his real job where he has security. Yeah, I, I think you can I have the best of both worlds here. I mean, I, I don't think you need to rock the boat. Don't burn the bridges. Don't quit your job. But start doing something on the side. You hear me talk about that week after week after week here. Start doing that. Invest 15 hours a week of your own time, not taking away from the 40 hours a week that you're, I assume you're given to your job, but take 15 hours a week and start doing something on the side. If it's an Amazon business where you're selling online, you know, you're buying arbitrage, you're buying things low and selling them high. I mean, you can risk a hundred bucks and be fully up and running in business in doing that. You hear people on here talk about, uh, writing an ebook. You've heard us talk about Aaron Kerr's material on public domain, where he got information in the public domain, put together a compilation of Anna Green Gables, made it available for 99 cents on Amazon. So there was zero cost, zero cost, just a little bit of his time to pull that together. And he made it available. And in 60 days brought in $29,000. mean, last week I talked about the things that people can do that give them a big financial shovel. We talked about some of the things that are being done, like inventions being done on Kickstarter. They're giving people a big shovel. I mean, things, it, it, you heard me talk earlier on today's show here about somebody creating a course. So you create a course about something that you know and put it out there. You can do that with zero cost, zero upfront money, no risk. And all of a sudden, if you have something that's bringing in a couple thousand bucks a month, yeah, your wife is going to pay attention. I mean, the, the easiest way to do this is to show success, not talk her into the idea in advance, but show success in doing it. That's the easiest way to get up and running. 
Marie, I'm going to send you a copy of a couple of resources that we have here that really tell our story, what Joanna and I have done. One is the little two-part audio called Living, Loving, and Working. That's where we go through how we've created the kind of life that we have. Joanne would have been very, very happy if I had just taken a traditional job when we were young and got married. I mean, she would have been thrilled if I would have gotten a job at General Motors and stayed there for 35 years and gotten a gold watch. I mean, it really, she she didn't expect more than that. She would have been happy with that and would have felt secure in doing that. I've never provided that kind of security in terms of knowing what's coming. However, success has a way of conveying security in a really beautiful way. I mean, if you were to ask Joanne today, would she like for me to go get a job? Well, heavens no. I mean, she pretty much appreciates the time flexibility and the income that we have. And that's all you're talking about. You're talking about how can you get past the income that you have now? You say you've got a job where you're barely getting by. How can you get past that in a side income that doesn't even jeopardize the job you have? I mean, there's no downside to that. That shouldn't terrify your wife at all. And if you do that, and I would just make it your your goal to do that. I mean, get something where you're generating 50% of your current income, where you consistently three months in a row are generating 50% of what you're making in your current job. That'll get her attention. You know, there's nothing like success to get somebody's enthusiasm and to get them on board. That's what you need to do. Well, got a note here from, uh, <laughs> from Caleb who says, I just wanted to write you and inform you that your books, the podcast, the Eagles community, other entrepreneurs like John Lee Dumas, Jeff Goins, Mike Hyatt, Tim Ferriss, Pat Flynn have all ruined me. By what I mean by that is I flip through career sites like Career Builder, Indeed, and Glassdoor, and I have this overwhelming sense of dread come over me. I feel like I'm looking into a pit of darkness. Wow, that's not a pretty picture at all, is it? So I blame you. He says, I no longer want to work for some big company, nor do I want to work do work that doesn't matter. I know you say I should create working with the help of some friends. I've started that process. I know I'm in the right path, but it'll take time. Let me get our music going here. We're getting ready to circle in. So I blame you, Dan. I blame you for making me not want to be just another cog in someone else's wheel of life. I blame you for creating in me this sense that there's a greater purpose. I blame you for reminding me that I was once just a dreamer. Thank you. (laughs) Well, what a wonderful way to take this out. Well, we've talked about resources for speaking. We've talked about resources for creating a course. We've talked about how to make money in your passion. We've talked about how to get your spouse on board with the creative idea. God, no matter where you are, what you're experiencing, I hope there's some information in there that can help you move into this new year, the new year 2018 that we're in, to move forward with confidence. If you're feeling like an old piece of wood or an old discarded propane tank, hey, there's there's hope to be repurposed into something new and beautiful, something that releases your voice, something that brings music to a waiting world. So many opportunities out here. Thanks for being part of this growing community where we, in fact, are finding or creating work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. 
Let us know what we can do to help you out. Just shoot an email to askdan at 48days.com with your success story, your question, questions you've got about the Eagles community. You can check that out. Just go to 48dayseagles.com. we got all kinds of information there and growing stories from people who are in there that want to share with you as well. So I wish you well. I wish you great success this year as we move into an amazing new year.